Well, good morning, people of God. Ah, oh, so wonderful to see you all, to see your beautiful faces. For those of you joining us online, if this is your first time, my name is Pastor Dave Parker. We are so blessed to have you all here today as we get the chance to celebrate our Lord together. Amen? Amen. Amen. Um, for those of you joining us online, as is our practice, we'll be having Holy Communion, so we invite you to grab some bread and some wine or juice following our time of confession this morning. A couple quick announcements. This last Sunday, uh, I think I shared with you, I know I shared with you, that we had uh, uh, some r- people running for the 5K Head for the Cure, as has been our, our tradition now for the last number of years. Wanted to share with you, uh, our King of Kings crew raised nearly $4,000 for the Head for the Cure. And of course, I have to brag, uh, Phil Schmidt placed first, Rick Strawn played second, or placed second, Haley Strawn uh, finished first, and Aubrey Sauer finished second, which I know, I think I saw Aubrey, yes, wave back there, Aubrey, and Phil over here. They placed in their own uh, divisions, if you will. I, I, I came up to Phil right away and was just like, so I heard you took first. He's like, yeah, for the 75 and older group. And I was like, it doesn't matter. It's still awesome. So congratulations. We have some quick people, which makes sense because if life is a pendulum and you got some fast people, you obviously have some slow people. Yes. The Lord didn't intend for me to run anywhere. <laughs> uh, Pastor Kelsey, along with a number of our youth this morning, uh, are doing a youth retreat uh, for the weekend here, and uh, hopefully having a wonderful and fun and God-filled experience. Please pray for her. I need her to come home rested. <laughs> Oh, and finally, for those of you who are interested in learning more about who we are and what we do at King of Kings, if you're interested in membership here, we're having a new member class following our second service on October 15th on that Sunday. So you're welcome to come and learn and ask questions and go from there. With all that said, let's get after it. I invite you to stand as you are able and greet the neighbors you have around you. Standing now? I'm not. Let us pray. Almighty and eternal God, you show perpetual loving kindness to your servants. Because we cannot rely on our own abilities, grant us your merciful judgment and train us to embody the generosity of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. And it's through him that we pray and all of God's people say, Amen. Please be seated. All right, so for both, before we jump into our, our sermon and our theme for today, there's something that I'm going to invite you to do. So if you have uh, either your announcements that you picked up on the way in or, or something to write on or a pen or pencil or take out your phone and go into your note app, okay? I just want you to do one little thing for me. And if you can't do any of that, just uh, consider and think about these things, I suppose. Here's what I need you to do. Actually, what you need you to do. So uh, I'm going to invite you to write down two things, two answers to two questions that are important today. So first, I want you to write down something that you feel 
would make you happier or something that would make you feel more complete, something that you want, okay? And be totally honest, you're not turning them in. This is for your eyes only. What is something that you really, really want or you wish you could have? What would be that one thing? Just pick one for today. Second, I want you to write down something for which you are truly grateful for, something that you already have, something that is a blessing in your life. Something that you can give thanks to God for. And then you can put those aside, okay? And we'll get to those in a bit. Well, sisters, brothers, dear ones, grace to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So to start our time off together this morning, I'm going to ask you to uh, remember what it was like to be a child I know that's harder for some of us to do than others. Maybe it's really easy for some of us because, well, we never really grew past that, right? But think of what it was like to, as a child in your family or playing with your friends, some of the things that you might have done, some of the mannerisms or things you might have said, the ways that you would have interacted. And as you think about those times, here's a question for you. What three-word phrase... Do you think you said the most? Was it, I love you? Oh. Or was it, what's my curfew? Or was it, it wasn't me? <laughs> I don't know about you, but growing up as a middle child between two sisters who, of course, were always way more spoiled than I ever was, I'm pretty sure mine was, it's not Fair. It's not fair that da 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 da, right? And I know that you can finish that sentence as well as I can because if there's anything that we are born with, it's wanting things to be fair. Well, fair for ourselves, that is. That's a powerful and wonderful thing because that sense of fairness sometimes can grow into a desire for justice and equality. It's not fair that some citizens can vote and others can't. Or that some can ride in the front of a bus while others have to stay in the back. That some are paid less for the same work. That some go to bed hungry while others fill landfills with their leftovers. Yes, our inner sense of fairness can lead to strong and life-giving sense of justice. But I'm guessing... More often than not, the sense of fairness that we usually have rolling around in our heads is one that's more dedicated to ourselves, first and foremost. When I was young, I would say, it's not fair that uh, I had to go to bed early when my older sister got to stay up later. And then, of course, if I ever got to stay up later, she would say, it's not fair that my younger brother gets the same treatment as I do. And then, of course, we ended up teaming up together because it wasn't fair that our younger sister got everything way before we ever did. Right? We tend to think of fairness 
that should be measured by what seems fair to us and for us. We measure fairness by our wants, by our hopes, by our own expectations. But that was just when we were kids, right? Oh, wait. That still hasn't changed for us as adults, has it? Which brings us to our Bible reading for today. We're jumping uh, a chapter on our journey through the book of Matthew. We are now in chapter 20. I invite you to follow along on the screen as we wrestle with this one. Starting in verse 1. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. And when he went out about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and he said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. When he went out again about noon and about three o'clock, he did the same. And about five o'clock, he went out and found others standing around, and he said to them, Why are you standing here idle all day? They said to him, Because nobody hired us. He said to them, you also go into the vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, call the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and then going to the first. When those hired about five o'clock came, each of them received the usual daily wage. Now when the first came, they thought for sure they were going to receive more, but each of them also received the usual daily wage. And when they received it, they grumbled against that landowner, saying, These last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us, who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I'm doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, so let's jump into our reading for today. It's a doozy. Right up front, it's important to recognize just how tough it was to be a daily laborer back then. These are folks with no regular employment, and so they had to stand in the town square and hope that some landowner is going to come by or some manager who needs extra work to hire them for the day. The trouble is... There's usually a lot more workers than there is work. And there's no unemployment back there. There, There's no social services to fall on. So if you were big and strong and healthy, maybe you were lucky more of the time, you would get chosen to do, you know, go work somewhere for a daily wage. And when you were done, you would get paid for said work. Money that could provide food, clothing, provisions for you and your family, at least a little while longer. If you were unlucky or unhealthy, however, you'd be passed over, 
possibly waiting all day, only to return empty-handed to face the disappointment of your family. Some lucky, some not. But in the parable, Jesus tells us this morning, everyone gets lucky. Some are chosen for work early, some more in the late morning, some noon or at three o'clock, and finally, some just an hour before the end of the day. No No doubt these last ones had to be pretty excited, right? They were hired at five o'clock. Maybe they were hoping for just enough to get some food before they could get home. But they were surprised and downright blown away by their good fortune, receiving a full day's wage for just an hour of work. Not, mind you, because they didn't want to work all day. After all, maybe they were there just as early as the others, ready, willing, and eager, but they had been passed over time and again until right near the end. Or maybe they had a family emergency or whatever kept them from being in that town square early on that day. And just imagine having a full days of wage or a full day of wages would have meant well, what, what that would have meant for themselves, for their families, maybe food for enough, maybe to be able to repair the roof over their heads, but enough to get by for even just a little while longer. What a blessing that would have been. But that's not the theme Jesus goes with here. Instead, it's the other laborers who get the attention. The first ones. Apparently, they weren't feeling so lucky anymore. After all, if the workers who labored just a couple hours got a full day's wage, wouldn't it be fair those who labored the entire day would get more than a full day's wage? Maybe even a lot more. But that's not what happens. They receive a full day's wage, nothing more, nothing less, just as they were promised. At the very beginning of the day, I imagine they would have been happy getting to you know, be chosen to go and work. They said yes right off the bat. But at the end, when watching what others were getting, how did they respond? They were upset. They were downright angry. And here comes that three-word phrase, it's not fair. But the landowner reminds them that in fact it is totally fair. They're being paid just what was promised. If anything, the landowner was being more than fair, actually downright generous to those who were invited late in the day, as well as perfectly fair for those who were fortunate to be called uh, to, to work early. So then why? Why were these first workers grumbling about such generosity? Chalk it up to human nature and how we are, I don't know, is it, is it built in our DNA or is it something that we're taught from early on to be, able, to be comparing ourselves to others? It really is a matter of perspective in our lives. We so often define, we define our lives not by the abundance of what we have been given, but instead by what we feel that we don't have or that what we, we feel like we should have. And if we're caught up with this sense of not having enough, 
right? There's that, there's that saying out there, well, how much is enough? You can ask any wealthy person, how much money is enough? Well, just a little bit more, right? Don't we fall into that same exact trap? Oh, if I just had this, I would be happy. If I could just go do that, life would be so much better. We spend our time defining ourselves over and against others, comparing and grumbling about others' good fortune because it wasn't our good fortune. Look at their house. Wouldn't it be nice to have that car? Look at their job or their family or their life. Remember that show, Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous? Okay, for some of you who don't know that, you missed out because uh, the, the host was Robin Leach and he had this posh English accent, right? And they took tours. Every episode was the tour of some other wealthy person where they were in their mansion or they were in their yacht or they were touring their private jet. Okay, and it always ended with uh, champagne, champagne dream, no, champagne wishes and caviar dreams. Right? I remember watching that in the late 80s, early 90s, whenever it was. And I also look back at that now and think, you know what? That show, the only purpose it truly served was to create a massive desire for people to wish they were someone else. That's all I ever felt walking away from that show. Was, oh, wouldn't it be nice to live like that? I wish I could have that. I wish I could live there. And what it did was stop us from feeling grateful for what we did already have. And I feel like that's where today's parable comes in. Because it's a story that we too have lived. We've seen it in others, and if we're honest, we have seen it in ourselves... And in this story, Jesus asks us a life-altering question. When you look at your life, do you see how you are blessed and how you are thankful for what you have? Or do you see what others have and how you are lacking? When you look at your life, do you see how you are blessed? Or do you see what you wish you could have. In the end, it was the answer to this question that became the death, the death sentence for Jesus. He was crucified because he proclaimed that the grace and the mercy of God was available to everyone, whether you started out a follower of God or you did it on your deathbed. Whether you felt like you earned it throughout your life of living by the rules or it was given to you just because you're a human being. And this was a slap in the face to everyone who thought they had already earned their reward. Jesus blessed everyone who would listen with forgiveness and love and the gift of eternal life and that angered those who spent their lives working to achieve those things. So today, I'm thinking this is a good question for us to wrestle with as well. Do you focus on your blessings? Or do you focus more on what others have that you don't? 
Do you live by gratitude or by envy? Do you see others through compassion and unity or do you see them as, as, as a competition? I feel like that is at the heart of almost all of our people issues in this country right now. Those who are coming into the country, how dare they? They may take away what we already have. What does that mean? I'm not here to tell you what you should believe, but gosh, we got to be wrestling with this stuff. The crucial thing about this choice is that it really is a choice as unavoidable as it is simple. You cannot be grateful and envious at the same time. So which is it going to be? At the beginning I had you write down or at least think about a couple of questions that you answered. If I would have had you write them down on two note cards, they would have weighed the exact same thing. But the reality is, one of them, at least spiritually, will weigh you down. And the other has the potential of lifting you up. So here's what we're going to do. You get to pick just one of those two today. So out of those two, okay, again, I had you pick something that you really, really, really want, that you wish you had, or one that you already have that you can be grateful for. You get to choose today. Which is it going to be? You can't keep both. Today you are intentionally choosing the way you're going to perceive this week. It's that important. So which will you lift up today? Most of the time, our perceptions are manipulated by others who want us uh, to see our lives their way. Today, you get to choose what you focus on in your life. Will you see how you are blessed and how amazing and life-giving it is to see that others too can be blessed? I mean, just imagine those last workers there, if they would have come up to those first workers and just, or those, sorry, reverse that, the first workers, if they would have come up to those last ones and and said, how awesome is that? That you get to go home with that. That's awesome. As opposed to, that's not fair. Imagine the rest of their day. Or the rest of their week. Which one would you rather choose to live? One that is bitter and resentful? Or one that is excited about the the good luck of others? That's the invitation today. How do we want to live our lives? At our Bible study this last Wednesday, the conversation of of, uh, uh, the people who are on the street corners. And like, oh, yeah. You know, I've, the, one I, the one I saw uh, this, you know, a couple weeks ago was wearing a suit, and I'm sure they're doing great just getting free money from everyone. Well, that's one way to look at it. Another is they're begging on a street corner, and how humiliating and how awful that must be. And regardless of how much money they're making, even if they are making, because I don't know about you, but I see way more cars passing by or looking like this. Right? It's a perspective for us. Do we see them with compassion, thinking out of our blessings we can be a blessing, or do we see them as a problem that it makes us feel uncomfortable? I feel like that's part of the story. How do we see 
others in our midst. Jesus gave his life so that you and I might see and believe that he offers, and what he offers is is a life of abundance and great blessing, filled with, with forgiveness and new life. But here's the deal, people of God. What Jesus offers is not fair. He has never said he's going to be fair with us. In fact, thank God he's not. Because that means we too, especially in those moments when we are not good people, we too are still given forgiveness and love and acceptance and value and worth. Thank God we have a God who is not fair. So do we spend our time looking at others, going, oh, it's totally not fair that they get that too? Or do we look around this week and go, how awesome it is that they can be forgiven too, that they can be loved? That's an opportunity for us, people of God. One that I pray that we wrestle with each and every day. Because we have a God, a landowner in this story, who gives to people way more than we deserve. Loving us from the death of scarcity and fear of losing to the new life of abundance and courage and faith and thinking well of others. May this be a journey that, uh, I don't know, just allows us to experience a whole new facet of life this week. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we can't thank you enough for the gift of today that when we hear your word like today, that it it challenges us. And also, Lord, that it leads us to new life. Oh, that we could be focused more on on how not only we are blessed, but how we can bless others and how, how we can lift up how they too can be blessed. Wow. That sounds like life to me. So Lord, I just I pray that you that you send your spirit to give us new eyes and new ears and new hearts this week that we can see others not as competition but as fellow sisters and brothers that we can see others as as opportunities instead of issues and that you might give us the heart to know how truly blessed we are. We ask all this in your holy and precious name and all of God's people say amen. Please stand as you are able. Remembering the caring and generous works of God, we now pray for the church, for creation, and for the needs of our neighbors. At the end of each little prayer, I will say, Merciful God, please respond with, Receive our prayer. Let us pray. God, who is gracious and merciful, teach your church to invite and truly welcome all. Lead us to be grateful for the blessing of community. Challenge us to choose equity and compassion over judgment. Merciful God, receive our prayer. God who sends the wind and the sun, you know every worm and bush by name. Help us remember that even the humblest parts of creation are precious to you. Show us how best to care for the earth and its creatures. Merciful God, receive our prayer. God of justice, 
impart your compassionate wisdom to legislators, judges, members of the military, and law enforcement. Give them courage to serve their communities in times of uncertainty, stress, or exhaustion. Merciful God, receive our prayer. God who saves, direct your people who are tempted by evil ways. Protect your children from calamity and disaster. Strengthen all who are incarcerated. Encourage all who are in despair or those who are in pain of any kind, especially those that we name now either silently or out loud. Bonita. Merciful God, receive our prayer. God who is slow to anger, may we boast about the goodness of Jesus in our lives, even when going through difficulties. Inspire us to find abundance in whatever vocation we are called to in this world and in service to our congregation. Merciful God, receive our prayer. Receive these prayers, O God, and all those too deep for words through Jesus Christ, our Lord, as we now pray the prayer he taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. We now take a moment to reflect on our week and confess those times when we have failed to live as God invites and calls us to live. And so I invite you to use these words along with me. God of life, we confess that we are wrapped up in sin and cannot free ourselves. We nurture conflict and build walls. We neglect the needs of our neighbors and ignore the groaning of creation. Have mercy on us. Where we are self-centered, open our hearts. Where we are reluctant, give us courage. Where we are cynical, restore our trust. Renew us with your grace and give us the hope of new life in you. Amen. And now hear these words, dear children. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given over to die for us. And for his sake, God forgives us all of our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by God's authority, I therefore declare unto you the entire forgiveness of all of your sin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and all of God's people say, Amen. At this time, I invite you to take out your communion kits here or your bread and your wine or juice at home as we prepare ourselves to receive the gifts of Jesus Christ. We begin with our bread. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread. He gave thanks and broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, and it's given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me the body of Christ given for you. Amen. And again after supper, he took the cup. 
He gave thanks and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, and it's shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. The blood of Christ shed for you. Amen. People of God, may the body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen you this day and keep you always in God's grace. And all of God's people say, Amen. Finally, a big shout out and thank you for all of you who continue to support King of Kings, both with your prayers and volunteering and your offering. There are buckets on your way out today to receive the offering and those yellow slips that we invite you to fill out. Uh, As well, there'll be a QR code at the end of worship for those of you joining us online. It all adds up to how we can better serve uh, the neighbors that we have and the people who are in greatest need. Now may you receive this blessing. May the road rise to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, and until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. Amen. With that, people of God, may you go in peace and share the good news. Thanks be to God.